Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. Oh, I feel good. I knew that. ever get frustrated with not knowing what you don't know? I know I did whenever I was trying to learn how to be a great leader and a great manager. And it is a common problem. We all search for answers but don't know where to go. And you might try to Google it, but you know, there's so many opinions. You don't know whether or not anybody really knows what they're talking about. Well, because I know that's a problem, I wanted to place that leaders could go to learn from other great leaders. They could learn the techniques on how to motivate, coach their teams, and how they themselves could be productive and have a great career. And I created this at mojouniversity.com. So I want you to go to mojouniversity.com, sign up, uh, all of the details are right there on the page, and I know that you're going to love it. I want to hear your thoughts after you do the trial and, and check it out. So please feel free to email me, steve at managermojo.com. We are committed to your success. That's mojouniversity.com. Oh, I feel good. I knew that I would not. Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here. And in my last podcast, uh, in last show, what I talked about was finishing strong and how you can finish strong. And so that got me to thinking about, well, you know, okay, finishing strong sounds good and that's a good topic and I'm sure it helped you a lot. But one of the things that I hear over and over again is I live in a world of mediocrity. In other words, most people are just absolutely fine with status quo. And you know what I mean when I say mediocrity, at least I think you do. So let, let's talk about it a little bit just so we can both get on the same page. Mediocrity is basically the lack of inertia. In other words, I'm just happy coasting along, uh, things will work out or things won't work out, but you know, it won't matter because you know what, everybody kind of winds up in the same place and we all get the same stuff done and you know, it, you, you can't do it right and everybody should totally tolerate and expect mistakes and goals are just uh, wishes anyway. And you know, I wish that we did this, but you know, I live in the world of reality, and so therefore, the reality says, you know, you just can't really succeed. There's tons of reasons why you can't succeed. Uh, there are lots of reasons. Maybe you don't have resources, you don't have this, you don't have that. Do you kind of get the picture of what I'm talking about when I say mediocrity? I mean, doesn't it just make your skin crawl uh, if you're an achiever? 
just that kind of talk that I'm doing right now is enough to kind of drive you over the edge. So I want to stop that. I don't want to make you go over the edge listening to, uh, to, to this episode today. I think mediocrity has become so normal, so mediocre, and so expected in our society that we run the risk of really not ever really achieving uh, great things for ourselves and our families. And I mean, after all, are you really just willing to just eat by? I think eking by is is almost like live torture. Uh, just kind of going along and getting this and doing that. And, you know, 90% of everything you do is just like, who cares? I mean, that's no way to live. Uh, and it's certainly no way to lead others. And I'm assuming that you're listening because you're a leader, you're a manager, you really want to lead others, you want to be successful, you don't really want your goal uh, to be the the achievement of average. I had uh, a lot of fun when I raised my daughters, and uh, I, my favorite story is that uh, my daughter, uh, one of my daughters, came home from school, and uh, she had a terrible grade for her. And I was like, "What happened?" And instead of telling me what happened, uh, she said, "Well, well, Dad, it." Uh, it was it was just as good as everybody else. Nobody did any any better than I did. And I said, "Are you telling me that nobody in the class did well?" Well, yeah, maybe one or two people did, but I was with everybody else. The vast majority of us made what I made or less. I said, "Okay, so let me get this straight. So your goal is strictly to be average. Is that what your goal is?" I said, do you know what average means? It means that 50% of the people are better than you and 50% of the people are worse than you. So are you just happy saying, well, you know, I'm least better than better than these people? And her eyes got really big and she said, no, I'm not happy with that. I, I want to be as, as good as everybody else. And I said, well, then your goal has to be excellence. It can't be average. And it, it totally transformed her thinking because it, it made sense in her little mind that she didn't want to be worse than half the class and better than half the class. That just was not what she wanted to be. She wanted to be a true leader. And so, wow, did she become a true leader. And today she's a successful businesswoman that accomplishes great things each and every day. So it makes a, makes a dad feel good to know that you had some impact. But what can I do to help you? Because 50%, you know, you, you could listen to that story and you're an adult and you've been there and done that and yet you're still pulled back. Because when you're an adult, the reality is other people don't want you to succeed. Just get over that. You're going to have to accept that. Your fellow people at your level in your business right now, if, if you're, I don't care whether you're a beginning manager or you're a senior leader, I promise you that the vast majority of people, they, want, they don't want you to do too much better than they do. They, they kind of want everybody to be right in the same group. I see this over and over again. It's this, this challenge that says, okay, uh, I, I kind of call it the crab theory. Uh, you, you put a bunch of crabs or lobsters uh, in, in, a, in a little bucket 
you'll watch them. They'll crawl all over each other, and when one almost gets out to escape, one of the ones below it will grab it and pull it back and drag it back into the back, uh, into the bottom with everybody else. Human beings are terrible at doing that. Uh, we don't do. We do it nicely. I mean, uh, we talk nicely, and you know, we. Uh, we, we come up, if somebody's working harder than we are, it's like, wow, I can't, I, I, I can't really, uh, imagine spending this much time at work and, you know, they, they, mediocre is their goal. Okay. So just accept it. So the real way that, that you can overcome mediocrity, I want to give you what I call the three steps to win in a world of mediocrity. And here are those three steps. I want to I want to just go over them. We'll talk briefly about them, and then I want you to get on about your day, and I want you to conquer mediocrity. The first thing that you've got to do if you're going to win in a world of mediocrity is that you need to question your own goals. You, and here's what I mean by that. Are your goals real to you? In other words, are you willing to invest the time, energy, and effort to make those goals come true. And nobody can answer that question but you. You know whether you're serious about what you're doing or not. Nobody else can tell you that. But those goals have to be real to you. They have to be tangible to you. They, you have to be able to taste them, feel them, and make them happen. I mean, no matter what they are, whether it's having a wonderful vacation trip or whether it's achieving a specific goal at work, if it's whatever that goal is, it better be real to you or you absolutely cannot win in a world of mediocrity because the subconscious will pull you back from the extra effort that is needed in order to achieve that goal. So the first step, you want to win in a world of mediocrity, question your goals, make sure they're real, make sure that you're willing to invest the time, effort, and energy to achieve them. Now, if you do that, then you can go to step two. But if you can't do step one, forget about step two and step three because it won't work. But if you can do that on step one, then step two is, okay, my goals now are real. They're tangible. I can achieve them. I really believe in them. I'm going to put the energy and effort into it. The question now becomes, how am I going to do that? Well, the how requires you to plan for the execution of achievement of that goal. You can't go anywhere without a plan. And your goals, actually, if they're really good goals and they're worthy of your attention and your effort, then I promise you it's not any trouble at all to develop a plan to achieve them. I did this all the time with goals that I felt like were absolutely essential to my success in my career. The The best example I can have is that I uh, back 20 years plus ago, I was... Uh, in a senior sales leadership position, and we were we had some real problems. I mean, uh, the company. When I say we, I mean the company had some issue problems. Our products were overpriced. We couldn't deliver the way that the market was able to deliver. Uh, we were a big name. We had lots of credibility in the marketplace. I could get into any door. But selling the products was diff difficult because we couldn't offer the same kind of deals that our competitors could do. 
And so that caused me to say, well, you know, if I'm living in a world of mediocrity, what I would have said is, well, nobody else in our company is selling anything and I can't sell anything until these dummies above me reduce the prices or make it realistic so we can meet competition. If they don't do that, I can't meet my goals. But you know what? I didn't want to do that. I looked at the compensation plan. I looked at the bonuses and I said, goodness gracious, if it, it, when I meet this goal, I'm going to make a lot of money. And the question became in my mind, how can I do it? I was committed to doing what I needed to do. And here was this is example. I'm going into this because I want you to understand I had to have a plan. And so I sat down and I looked, well, all right, my closing ratio is normally really high, but I got to admit, I don't think I'm going to be able to have the same closing ratio because I'm just going to run into cases where I simply cannot compete. So what do I have to do? Well, the answer was really simple. It just meant that I had to present more prospects than the average. I would have to really triple the number of quotes that I would get out there in order to make the sales. And these were very high-end, high-dollar sales. The minimum was a $100,000 investment. The maximum was $5 million. And so I had to really think about, well, how many can I do? I looked at my universe of prospects and I said, you know what? I've got to go out and talk to every single prospect in my territory. I've got to present at least 75% of them proposals. Uh, I've got to do my work. I've got to do my investigation. I've got to figure out how I can benefit them. And that meant that we had to do over 100 written proposals in the year in order for us to succeed. And so that's what uh, I did and my team did. We went out and we targeted every single one and we we uh, put those proposals out there. And at first, we weren't really succeeding uh, because we were overpriced. But here's what happened. Because we were in preparation, we started getting one here and one there. And then the company decided that, hey, you know what, maybe we ought to reduce our price a little bit. So they did. And because I was already in front of all of those potential prospects with written proposals and deals, all I had to do is go right back into them and say, hey, we've got uh, a way. If you go now, we can get it at this price. And boom, in one month, we made our annual objective. And we hit every bonus category and everybody made really good money. Everybody was really happy. Now, what happened? Well, I had a little bit of good luck, but what I really had was a plan that would achieve my goals even if I hadn't had any good luck. And the beautiful part about that is that plans allow you to work confidently. So that's step two. You got a plan for the execution of your goal. Now, there's one other step that I want to make sure that you understand if you want to win in a world of mediocrity. There are three steps. Number one, you got to question your goals. Are they real to you? Number two, you got to plan for your execution. And then number three, which I think is absolutely the most important if you've got a good plan, 
you have to learn to focus to finish. Focus to finish. One of my biggest uh, weaknesses that I've had to overcome in my own natural behavior is the ability to focus to finish. And frankly, it's just not possible unless you have a good plan and unless you are committed to your goals. You're just not going to focus to finish. But if you do have those prior two steps that I gave you, then focus allows you to really get honed in on where those little extra gaps are that keep you from being a winner in a world of mediocrity. And that intensity of focus makes all the difference in the world. It, I see it in example after example. Uh, and I, my best example is in the world of sports right now. Uh, Nick Saban, uh, the head coach at the University of Alabama, they've won four national titles in the last seven years. A, a phenomenal coach. And he doesn't talk about what I'm talking about per se. But here's what he does say. He, he teaches his team how to to focus on what he calls the process. In other words, every every player has their job to do, and if you focus on your job, then the results are going to be great. You see, most of us just look over that and we'll go to the process and we'll say the magic's in the process. But the magic is not in the process. The magic is in the focus on that process. The focus to do it really well. Uh, he made a further statement uh, about his team that spoke volumes, uh, and, and I think it should speak volumes to every business leader out there, in that he said that we don't practice plays to get it right. We practice plays so we can't get it wrong. Let that sink in for a minute. We focus on plays so we can't get it wrong. And I promise you that is not what the mediocre does. The mediocre says, hey, we're going to practice this play until we get it right. And we may get it right three times in a row, but then they get under full speed, full pressure. And guess what? It breaks down and they get it wrong. And we see it over and over and over and over again in the business world where we don't really focus on our process until we can't get it right, wrong. And it, it, the reality is, that's what mediocre really is. It's just the acceptance of, well, everybody makes mistakes, everybody makes errors. Sure they do. That's, that's life. That's human beings. But that doesn't mean we can't focus on getting things done so well that we can't get certain things in our business wrong, that we get them correct every single time. And if we do, the market is going to reward us by being winners. So keep those in mind. Three steps to win in a world of mediocrity. One, question your goals. Make them real to you. Number two, you got to develop a really good plan for execution. And number three, you got to focus to finish. Thank you for listening today. And I wish you continued success.
Thank you for joining me today. And if you've enjoyed this, I hope you'll take a few minutes, leave us a review on iTunes. I appreciate any and all comments that you have, and I look forward to you joining us next time.